When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Aitan has Elliot moving on ahead. But everything's out to the right. There's nothing in the middle. Although Curtis is battling to get there. And has purchased. Goal. Could that be the goal that lifts Bournemouth? to the second division. It came from a punch out from the goalkeeper. They broke from one end to the other and purchased the eventual beneficiary. They're 3-1 ahead. Hello and welcome to episode 94 of Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. My name is Sam Davis. Hope you're doing okay today. And we're out slightly later than usual because once again, it's been a cherry filled news weekend during the week. It's all quiet on the Western Front, but Saturdays and Sundays are the place to be at Dean Court. Wow. All sorts of news. First, Eddie leaving, JT stepping up. So what was it going to be this weekend? Well, Local journalists Chris Temple, Peter Rutzler and others tweeted that a bid of £18.5 million for Aaron Ramsdale had been reluctantly, in quotation marks, accepted by the club. That bid from Sheffield United. Apparently it's not over yet and there could be some more bids coming in. But wow, a keeper that we signed for less than a million, a Premier League campaign later and in a post-Covid climate for a championship club, £18.5 million. Is that a good return? Well, that was one thing that happened over the weekend. And then on Sunday, another. Andrew Sermon and Simon Francis have left the club. Club stalwarts, instrumental during our rise to the Premier League and put in some absolute shifts over the years, maybe on their last legs. What did that mean for AFC Bournemouth? Was it JT that made the decision? Well, it's all a bit murky, really, because on Monday... Andrew Sermon did an interview with BBC Radio Solent to suggest that he's not actually spoken to Jason Tindall and that the decision had actually been made two weeks ago. So JT didn't make the decision. Who did? Richard Hughes? 
Did Hughesy even tell JT? Seems to be some teething problems in what looks like a bit of a new direction at AFC Bournemouth, where previously Eddie Howe had every responsibility around the club. He probably even cleaned the toilets. That's what kind of guy he was. But now it's being shared out. And you've got to say, moving forward, it's the right thing to do. We can have football people doing football things rather than one man who does absolutely everything. But there seem to be some communication errors around the club. I'm sure just teething problems, we will certainly find out. And then this morning, it was announced that the former Cherries first team coach and defender Stephen Purchase has been promoted to become the club's new assistant manager. We were waiting on that news for absolutely ages and Tyndall will be joined by a new face, the ex-Belgium, Everton, West Brom, Swansea and Wigan assistant Graham Jones, who most recently managed Luton Town in the Championship. The press release from AFCB.co.uk went on to say that Simon Weatherston and Steve Fletcher will continue in their respective roles of first-team coach and assistant first-team coach, whilst Neil Moss will be continuing as the club's goalkeeping coach, assisted by Anthony White. It's all going on at AFC Bournemouth and on our YouTube channel. Well, we were pretty on it this weekend as we managed to get an afternoon discussion on the Saturday after the Aaron Ramsdale departure to be. And then more conversation with regards to Simon Francis and Andrew Sermon. Really sad to see them go. But could they have done a job in the championship? Who knows? So firstly, we'll start off with some opinion on Aaron Ramsdale. It was a great show that we did on the Saturday afternoon with a mixture of Cherries fans, including myself, Ben Phillips, Morgan Scott, Paul Kenwood, plus, of course, the one and only Jeff Hayward. Hi, this is the big one, Steve Fletcher, and you're listening to Back of the Net. What's happening in the grand scheme of things at AFC Bournemouth? Because they said there wasn't going to be a fire sale. Is this one? We don't quite know. With me is Jeff Hayward. Jeff, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. Good stuff. Uh, Paul Kenwood's here as well. Paul, how's it going? Yeah, good. Thanks, Sam. And Morgan Scott as well. Morgan, how's it going? Yeah, good. Thank you. Jeff, then, first thoughts as you see this news uh, come out this afternoon? Pretty depressing. Um, I think when they had the first bid rejected and I saw they bought a Turkish goalkeeper, then maybe their interest might have passed, but obviously not. And uh, it's disappointing. It is worrying, I think, for other players who might be in line. Uh, Hopefully we'll hold on to more. But, um, yeah, a bit disappointed. Rambo was... uh, star player for us last year and a man for the future. In terms of the valuation, Paul, 18.5 million or whatever, there was a sell-on clause, but because it was from Sheffield United, that's been absorbed for a small championship club, post-coronavirus climate. Is it a bad fee or do you think we still should have looked for more? Because other people are comparing a lot of goalkeeper sort of transfer fees before coronavirus so maybe it's unfair to compare 
Yeah, it's a tricky one. I think um, because of the sell-on, it all got a bit skewed. So the £18.5 million offered that works out about probably £24 million if you took out the 25%. Um, so not quite sure where, where we go you know, from from a valuation point of view, I don't I don't know what their first offer was. Yeah, I think I think it was around twelve million pounds or so. But yeah, then they've upped it to uh, to eighteen point five. Morgan, first thoughts this uh, Saturday afternoon. Well, Saturday seems, as you mentioned, to be a news day, doesn't it, for AFC Bournemouth? So yeah. over two weeks ago, we had the um, Eddie Howe news that he was left the club with mutual consent, and then last week we had Jason Tindall appointed. And then today, um, Aaron Ramsdale um, has accepted a move for, to Sheffield United. So, you know, at the end of the day, we just have to... Um, I wasn't surprised this was going to happen. He, You know, he's based up in Sheffield and stuff. So this was going to happen at some point. And to be honest with you, maybe it's beneficial that it's happening before the players are back for pre-season. You know, he's he made up his mind and his agent and the club have decided that it's the best move for him. So... You know, in my opinion, we need a good set of players. You know, obviously, I'm devastated. You know, he's been in the club for years, but we need to start fresh. And, you know, we need people to get us back up to the top flight of English football. So maybe it's best for everyone that he does move. But obviously, gutted for the lad and I wish him all the best. We've also got uh, Ben Phillips as well, who's just joined the screen. Uh, Ben, hope you're doing well today. But Saturday is Newsday and it's one of the players that's been considered part of the spine of AFC Bournemouth that has not yet left the club, but looks as though he will. Um, How are you feeling? I kind of knew it was going to come, but I kind of didn't. So I thought that he was... I thought Rambo was too good for the championship. But then I... So if you were watching, was obviously you all were, throughout the season, and the kind of passion that he had for the club, it didn't... I thought he was going to stay because of that. But then, obviously, big money move came in from Sheffield United, and I don't blame us for accepting it. Uh, So, yeah, I'm gutted, but I was expecting it. Can you really blame him, Jeff? A guy that um, obviously has designs on getting the uh, first, you know, top spot for England. Arguably, could make the England uh, the Euro twenty twenty one, or I think it's going to be still re- uh, branded Euro twenty twenty, but it's going to be played next year. He could be in it, um, and arguably at Bournemouth, he wouldn't have as big an opportunity to actually make that squad and. For his own personal career and also his family are up north as well, you can see why he might have wanted the move back, you could say. Yeah, completely understandable. Um, I think for his personal career, I think he's got every chance of uh, of taking Pickford's place next season. So he does need to be playing Premier League football. And I don't blame him at all. I mean, he gave us sterling service last season. Um, was unlucky to be playing... In uh, in a relegation season, I mean, he had plenty of practice, so <laughs> you know he's he's Ooh. he's actually uh, proven himself to be a quality goalkeeper. He ought to be playing Premier League, and good luck to him. I think we've got a replacement possibly in Travers. I'm sure we'll talk about who who could do with uh, a regular first team football as well. So it's not complete doom and gloom. Um, but it's disappointing, and I think it's more worrying in what does it say about other offers that might come in for other players and will we take them or won't we? And 
that's a concern. And Paul, uh, you know, does this, you know, other players who might be looking to sign for the club might be seeing this as a almost like a statement of intent, but completely opposite of what we wanted. Um, with Ramsdale, one of the ones that we feared less, because obviously we're thinking Josh King, of course, Nathan Ake went, Callum Wilson, and we're looking at certain midfielders like Jefferson Lerma, maybe David Brooks, but we all thought that Ramsdale might be one to stay. However, he's not. So do you think within the squad, it might be making other squad members' ears prick up and think, hang on a sec, this is the way things are going? I think for me, the biggest concern is the fact that it looks like Aaron has made the decision that he wants to leave rather than the club saying, off you go, son. You know, we, you know, we don't want you anymore. It's the other way around, I think. I think we, that's why the reluctantly in, in the, in the inverted commas at the top, it, it, it really is uh, a worry for me that other players will see this and they'll say, actually, I wonder if my agent can get me a move if I, if I, you know, tell the club that I don't want to be here anymore. I think that that's that's my biggest concern is that we could lose more players. It will not be a fire sale necessarily because you know we will want a a good valuation for each player. But I think we could be looking at quite a large number of our best players going now. And that's the scary thing, and I think that you know there is it's going to be a busy news week. Um, I'm absolutely certain. Now, Morgan, eighteen point five million. We've talked about uh, you know whether it's valuable or not. Could you argue that this is maybe a good time to sell for the club because you know let's say we don't finish in the promotion spots and we finish a mid-table club. Arguably, his his value will go down, and we might be sort of kicking ourselves that we lost a top-class keeper in a year's time for say ten million. We've cashed in early. Maybe we should have done that with people like Ryan Fraser, perhaps. Yeah, I think it's kind of, uh, that's a very, very good point. I think the fact that we didn't get much out of Ryan Fraser, you know, in terms of finance, um, but you look at um, obviously the 18.5 million, you know, obviously if it does go through, you know, we're still not 100%, but I'm sure there shouldn't be too many problems with it going through. Um, But yeah, in terms of, you know, we you got eighteen point five million for that. I think the Nathan Ake was forty one million. So you're looking at that. That's almost like quick mental maths, like fifty eight, sixty million pounds. You know, for two players. You know, that could really prove the difference of keeping AFC Bournemouth. You look at a lot of teams, obviously with the Convener driver. You know, your top teams like Arsenal. I think they got rid of like five hundred staff the other day with cuts and stuff because um, obviously the world and the economy so nah, this could you know Bournemouth could easily crash and they need finances and with not being in the best um, top of English football you know the 60 million pound and you know then you look at more you know if you get between Brooks uh, Wilson and Josh Kin you know you could maybe I'm not 100% sure but another 60 million that's 120 million and that could rebuild our squad and keep money in the bank so you know fair play that yeah, I, I, I think I think you're right. Now, Ben, I'll come to you to talk about Mark Travers in a minute. But Jeff, um, in terms of this money that we've got now through, I mean, obviously the deal's not gone through, but it looks like it will. You know, £60 million in the bank. I think it's now really important to know how that money is going to be spent. Is it going to be just like serving to repay the debt that Maxim is apparently owed or will it go towards some you know, facilities like the rest of the money for the training ground or will it be reinvested? I think we need to see some kind of incoming signings because, well, certainly a goalkeeper, but you know, given the fact that Callum Wilson and 
Josh King will probably be on their way. We're looking short in many departments. And whilst Paul touched on the players within the squad already that are going to have their ears pricked up and see like, okay, he's gone now. Also, the players that want to come in also want to see the club that they could be playing for, making some signings that back up the original statement of intent from Maxim a couple of weeks ago that said, we are committed to getting us back in the Premier League. Completely. I think the ambition of the club is on the line here. We need to see exactly where that money is going to go, where the investment is going to come in. And uh, we do need strengthening. I mean, it's it's pretty clear from last season, and certainly with Ake going, that the back four need some work. Um, who's going to be back up to Travers, who presumably will take Rambo's place. Um, plus, I think just generally the, the squad needs a, a greater depth. I mean, 46 games in the Championship is no, uh, it's, it's you know, it's, there's going to be injuries, there's going to be times when we're put under pressure, and we need to see that ambition that's going to take us back to the Premier League. Would it be fair to say, Paul, that the gamble on promotion, uh, this maybe looks as if there's less of a gamble and it's going to be a bit more calculated this time because you'd think if there is a gamble, we would be fighting tooth and nail to keep these kind of players. Uh, maybe not Nathan Ake because he is world class. Ramsdale might head towards the world class category, but you know there are other players that you could be thinking. Well, we need to be keeping them, and if we do for one season, then we've got a great chance to get back into the Premier League. But it strikes me as a as a board that are making less of those kind of risky decisions and just think almost money in the bank is a better position to be in. Yeah, it's a fine balancing act, isn't it? Keeping your decent players versus getting some decent money for them at the moment. Um, your biggest problem is convincing the players that we to stay. What what have they got to stay for? We're a championship club now. We aren't Premier League. We've got a outside chance of Premier League next season, but they'll have to work really hard to get there. Whereas they could just have a move to a club that's already there, and then they don't have to fight. So, it and we're offering less wages probably as well because of the relegation clauses in their contracts. So, I think we're on to a, a hiding to nothing really. Um, trying to keep a lot of these decent players, your Brookses and your Lewis Cooks and some of the fringe players that you thought maybe might stay, your sort of Billing and Lerma. I can see us getting rid of all of them just because offers come in and the player then turns around and says, I want to go. Um, what do you do? Do you keep hold of them and have another Fraser situation on your hands where they exactly, just don't yeah. try? It's, it's really hard. Hard decision so, certainly for the board. And I mean, you know what? We've got a goalkeeper that has proved himself on a couple of occasions. And Ben, do you remember at the start of this season, as fans, we knew that Boric, it seemed to be that Eddie was suggesting that let's promote the youth and it's going to be a case of, OK, uh, Ramsdale or Travers. And, it, you know, until the first game, we weren't sure which way he was going to go with this. And he went with Ramsdale. But when Travers played last season, he obviously had a complete blinder. Um Let's not forget that it took Ramsdale 36 games to save one penalty. Travers did three in the same game, albeit in a penalty shootout. So that's a very unfair uh, uh, comparison. But with Travers, we've got a goalkeeper that are, you know arguably could uh, be as highly rated as Ramsdale is. And he's younger as well, Ben. Yeah, I think that if um, we do, if he plays the 46 games or maybe a few less than that, and he gets a lot of experience against, albeit some good teams in the Championship, I mm. think he could turn into someone maybe even better than Ramsdale because against Tottenham when he played the season before last 
and against Forest Green in the Carabao Cup, he looked he looked really good, and he looked kind of like he didn't have as many mistakes in him as Rambo because he's had a few this season. Um, so yeah, I think I think some Bournemouth fans have been a little bit like, oh, what are we going to do? Travers isn't as good, but he hasn't really had a chance to prove himself as to be Ramsdale's level because he hasn't played as much. Mm. And you know what? There are other people talking about certain goalkeepers. I mean, I know that, you know, Butland, Jack Butland has been mentioned on Twitter and there have been some other people like, well, at least we've got Begovic. I mean, surely to to God, his wages, uh, his wage demands are way too big. And has he really proved himself in the goalkeeping jersey for AC Wolf? I don't think so. You know, like Arta Boric has done is has gone. It's it's really important that um, some you know some signings are made quickly. But what are your thoughts on Jack Butland, Ben? Um, I think that he's a good keeper. I think that when Stoker in the champ, uh, not Championship Premier League, he did look really good. But now he's kind of there was a lot of hype around him, like saying, "Oh, he's really good. He's going to be England's number one." And then since Stoke became kind of a fairly mid-table Championship team. Uh, all of the talk about him has died down, but I've seen a few of Stokes games this season, and he has looked—he has looked really, really good. So I think, uh, not talking about like the wage and stuff, I think he could still quite well, and getting that little bit of experience as well, seeing as is he as he's been playing for quite a long time, I think he could be quite good for us. Yeah, and now Jeff, I understand uh, you've got to go, but um, in terms of uh, you know what you want to be seeing over the next few weeks from the club? Because, I, you know, I don't know about you, relegation was obviously a huge blow, but we felt good by the statement of intent from Max about getting into the Premier League. Um, you know, Eddie went, which was dreadful. And then, you know, ever since then, we've been very nonplussed by what's been happening. Obviously, it was a blow to lose Nathan Ake, but it was inevitable. Aaron Ramsdale, less so. How do you want it to pan out over the next few weeks? And what would give you some optimism again? Cause I don't, because for me, it's... Um, it's low. I wouldn't say it's rock bottom, but it's very low right now. Yeah, I think I'm resigned like you to losing King and to losing Callum Wilson. Um, but I think what we've got to remember is that the players return from uh, for training on Monday. Short turnaround. Let's see some signings. Let's see some energy. And let's let's get a sense of the club going forwards rather than a kind of, um, it feels a bit like a, a slow death at the moment. <laughs> so I want to see some uh, positivity coming out from the club. I'm sure there will be. Travers will be the goalkeeper, I'm pretty sure, of that next season. Irrespective of the transfer talk, I think the priority will be strengthen the outfield players rather than um, replace Ramsdale with somebody from outside. So let's see some positive thinking club. And um, we all want to pull together. We all want to look forward to the championship, not to feel depressed about whether we're going to be mid-table or worse. Mm, Brilliant. And it'd be nice to have an assistant manager. Maybe we'll get something named very soon. But Jeff Hayward, uh, thank you very much for coming on. Appreciate your time. Cheers. Thanks a lot, guys. And speaking of assistant manager, Paul, uh, I'll come to you next because obviously there's no news. And a lot of people consider that to be very strange um, that it's been so long. And a lot of people have got conspiracy theories like, why are the others hanging around? Are they almost waiting to see what Eddie's going to do? What are your thoughts on it? Because it seems like it was going to be purchased, but you'd think surely they would have announced it, but not the case. Mm, Yeah, it's a bit curious, isn't it? The fact that they 
not announced anything at the moment either means that they're still thrashing out new contracts maybe for for them or maybe they are they've got some external candidates they're looking at i don't know it's it's, it's possible i suppose that jt might want somebody external as well um or if he promotes internally you want to replace that person so there's that possibility as well uh, i just i think maybe the club are trying to save it all up as a some sort of positive post um mm. but at the moment as you say it's the negativity is creeping in twitter has turned to a toxic place at times especially with announcements like today uh, i'd like to see something positive come out of the club other than Look, these are the previous managers we've had who've been players, which has come out today, which that's great. We know that. We've we've been following them for, for donkey's years. So we know all of what we have achieved in the past. It's what we can achieve in the future that we want to know. And we want to know who's going to be helping JT up top. Mm. So we're keen on representing all of AFC Bournemouth fans' opinions. And Kirk Tovey is one of them. Uh, some t- comes up with some controversial views and uh, liked by some, not by others. Um, so I'm going to read a couple of his thoughts as well, just to add a bit of balance. He said, you know, what the hell is going on? Honestly, is it that bad behind the scenes that we are selling Rambo for 18.5 million? Wow, he's worth double that if not for sale at all. The club need to start being open and honest. Um, yeah, um, very good thought. And I know that, Morgan, um, you are an admirer of Kirk for his clarity of thought, and you've branded him Bournemouth's version of Gary Neville. But you've got to say, at this point in time, it's maybe a bit easier to see things on both sides because, I mean, I'm an, I'm an optimist. Um, I don't really want to be in the know and hear stuff behind the scenes, but I get sent it all the time, whether I believe it or not, I'm not sure. But sometimes when you've got these little voices in your ear and you see stories like that, you start to think, oh, you know what, maybe they're right. So um, do you think there is more than meets the eye to this or is it just a case of a goalkeeper wants to play for England, wants to play for his hometown club, his family are up north, it's a move that makes sense for everyone? Well, yeah, like, you know, to, he, he's going to want to be up with his family if he can. You know, that's always, you know, probably top of his agenda as well. But more so, he isn't going to get to play for England's first team in the championship. That just won't happen. You know, you look at people like Jack Butlin that we mentioned previously and other people. So I think that's... Kirk is kind of right in what he's saying. I think maybe we could have offered maybe another 10 million or so. Um, maybe get it up to maybe 30, 35 million pounds because I think he's that good in my opinion. I think what he's done for AFC Bournemouth since he's come in and made his debut um, is actually quite remarkable. Um, and we talk about, um, the, do you know the penalty that he saved against Southampton? No, it was a terrible penalty by any means. But the fact that he saved that penalty gave us a hope on the final day. And you saw him after the Everton game and he sat there and out of everyone I saw on that pitch, apart from Eddie, he looked the most devastated. Now he's 22 Mm. years of age and he looked the most devastated. Some of the other players like Callum Wilson thought, oh, I'll see you later. You know, Mm. I didn't care. And that kind of hurt. And to see Aaron Ramster with that emotion and fight and determination. And um, there was another, um, I can't remember who, because VAR kind of like mucks us up so many times this season. But there was... um, he was running outside SD against one of our final home games of the season. Yeah, I remember that. And that's just, and like, I can't remember, it'd be, um, 
Sorry, I can't remember who it was against. But mm. the fact that he did that, and then you saw how upset he was at the final whistle. Again, showing the emotion and the determination and like the fact that he wanted to be a part of AFC Bournemouth and do the best for them. And yeah. compared to some of the other players, and I'm not saying all the other players don't care because they obviously do, but he was the only one apart from Eddie that seemed to kind of want to be there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, Ben, do you think it's always a bit more painful when you lose a player that seems to have a connection with the club? Because, like you say, you know, he comes out in his interviews and he looks genuinely pained and he celebrates like he's a fan. Um, he even sat in the North Stand against Watford to, albeit, see us lose 3 0. Um, but he is a player that's connected with us. And I don't think AFC Bournemouth fans will, will begrudge his move by any stretch of the imagination, not least because of the fact that we bought him for what, less than a million. And now we've sold him for, yeah. you know, m minimum 18 times that. Yeah. I think it could be a surprise to some people like seeing his passion and his commitment to the club. And I think there will be some people who have the views of like, Oh, was it all fake that him celebrating so hard for him to just go and move when we get relegated. But I think that it's the right move for him. And I think that even though he's been really committed to the club and everything like that, I think if he wants to go forward in his career, then it's the right move for him. And maybe if he has a few good seasons at Sheffield United, seeing as they look like will be a top half side, even though they've been in the Premier League for only a season, then it could be a start of something big for him. So for any uh, Sheffield United fans, Ben, that are watching, um, obviously they will watch the Premier League week in, week out. So we're probably already telling them uh, what they know. We're preaching to the converted somewhat. But tell them what, Ra uh, what um, Aaron Ramsdale offers. What do you think are his qualities? And uh, if there are any weaknesses, what do you think they are? I think that Ramsdale, he can be a true leader because he he can give players a kick up the backside if they're not putting in the work rate and he can be, you know, giving someone a high five if they've done something good. And he is a really good shot stopper and he's agile and he's pulled off some incredible saves this season. And I think maybe his only weakness could be his distribution of the ball. I think it can sometimes get us into a bit of a pickle. I've seen, I've seen it a few times, but, you know, he's only young, so it's minor things that can be cut out at, at big football clubs um, under good coaches. So, yeah, I think he's one for the future, definitely. And, Paul, I don't know if you saw the videos that uh, myself and Tom Jordan did with the player ratings. We've now got two of our God players, God rated, have gone, left the club. And, um, you know, there are a few sort of above average rated players that are still in there. But um, I'm really worried about what's going to happen in the next few weeks now because there, there don't seem to be any rumblings of, in, you know, of any incomings. It's all the other way right now. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what JT is thinking at the moment because he's just been told that, you know, we're, we're going to keep the young nucleus of the squad and you're going to try our best to, you know, build it around these young players and immediately within a week one of them's gone um yeah. i think you know as i say your rating system is pretty much everyone's shopping list isn't it yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> we, are, we are we are not having a fire sale we've been told you know there's no fire sale but what what constitutes a fire sale
So there we you go. Those were some Cherry's fans' thoughts after a bid of £18.5 million had been reluctantly accepted for the services of Aaron Ramsdale from Sheffield United. So then, on the Sunday, we were all chatting about Frano and Sermon as they were the latest to leave AFC Bournemouth. It's certainly a confusing time for Cherries fans at the moment with lots of departures and no sign of any arrivals barring Graham Jones on the managerial front. So on the show on YouTube, of which you can watch the whole thing at youtube.com slash AFCB podcast, we spoke to a number of Cherries fans who gave their reactions about the duo leaving the Cherries. So the first person uh, that I'm going to bring in today is Cherries fan Keith Thomas, who was on the last show. Keith, how are you? Not too bad, Sam. Have a good Sunday. Um, yeah, I was. It was um, it was a relaxing one up until this yeah. point, and then I get loads of tweets saying, "Can you do a live stream?" So yeah, here I am. It's a bit of a mad one, isn't it? It's like the end of an era. Really does feel like that at the moment, and a bit unsettling. But I'm sure we'll be talking about that later. And I think unsettling is the word, really. And um, there is no time to relax right now because all of us are questioning what on earth is going on during the week. There's there's never any news announced. And then Saturday morning, Ramsdale, a bid's been accepted for 18.5 million. And now two club stalwarts that have seen us rise up through the leagues and integral in our championship promotion in 2014-15 and now leaving the club. How, how do you feel about that? We needed leadership. Um, we certainly missed them on the pitch in terms of, certainly Frano, in terms of like giving some direction on the pitch. You can't keep asking Cookie to do that. And Nathan Aki's a quiet guy, but no one else was stepping up to the plate. Mm. Um, in terms of performance, it sort of warrants it. But um, in terms of their stature in the club and what they could do in bringing on new players if we're going to go for the youth academy. I don't know. Um, I'll be interested to hear what other people say. But uh, I'm a little bit unsettled. And certainly with the news of Rambo leaving yesterday is sort of like, well, where are we going at the moment? Yeah, well, that exactly. That's right. And that's the... That's the status that we don't really know, because at the moment we're seeing lots of people leaving the door, but uh, not much sign of the of the players that are going to be competing for places uh, next season. I was interested with the Dwight, um, Dwight mm. Gale, Ritchie. I'm sure we'll be talking about that, but they're getting on a bit as well. So I don't know. And is it a purge of Eddie's players? Is this JT trying to also put his mark on the squad? That's also an interesting discussion as well. I'm sure we'll be getting into that tonight. Well, exactly. It's it's quite um, an interesting one as far as I'm concerned because you've got sort of quite a mix, really, of opinions. Of course, when Eddie left the club and yeah. suggested a new direction, we were all very disappointed that, you know, JT... Well, no, I'd say that we were all... There was a certain section of fans that were disappointed with uh, JT's appointment, but most of us have now accepted it. And now that he is getting rid of the players that have arguably been their twilight of the career and barely f- featured in the last season and a bit for us, there seems to be a lot of outpouring of emotion and questioning the decision. But... Um, Maybe we should embrace it. I don't know. We're going to speak to Kirk Tovey, who's with us as well, AFC Bournemouth's Gary Neville, as he's got on his handle there. Um, and Kirk, how are you this evening? 
unless the club's pulling uh, the wool over our eyes and they've got some magical plan prepared for next week, I think this is absolutely bonkers. Um, you know, we needed some stability after Eddie's left. These players can still do it in the championship. You need a decent squad and a squad in depth to tackle the championship. Um, it's just confused me. I mean, Frano came out, I think, last week or the week before and said he would literally accept any contract that was put on the table. He wanted to stay. So, but, I mean, Kirk, you're the, you the one that was heralding a new direction and, you know, wanting the club to go in a new direction. Obviously, we went with JT, which you felt was part of the old direction. But as a man, he's got new ideas and maybe getting rid of the players that have served us so well and so brilliantly an end of an amazing era is not exactly a bad thing and we can bring in the new young players that perhaps you might have wanted um yeah and and I sort of moved on from that because obviously JT's in now my concern now looking from an outside point of view is we still don't know what pulling power JT has now those players are reporting to training tomorrow what Eddie's left and for whatever reason he walked for whatever reason he gave we're now send, selling our best top young players potential England number one. So it's not that we're keeping our young players and offloading our our player aging players. Okay, we're now saying so we're now letting our players go that are the heart of the club and our longest serving players. And let's be honest, probably the two ultimate pros at our club. What's the direction? I'm confused. If if if, if they came out and said, well, we're letting Frano and Sermon go, but we're going to keep our best young players, but that seem that doesn't seem to be the case. So I just think they had another year in them and I think they had the championship experience and it just it's it's bonkers bonkers Uh, uh, you know patience is a virtue Kirk do you have any because it's almost like you're wanting everything to be happening you know right away Uh, whereas you know we can only do things in a certain order and as some people are saying on the chat um, that well look there's no room for sentiment and I know it's not the perfect send-off for them, but um, you know, surely bowing out of the Premier League and is you know pretty much you know good enough. Um, would it have been good to keep on two pros that um, maybe wouldn't cut it in terms of fitness in the Championship, and as a result, we're freeing up those squad places to have some younger talent come through, either you know externally or promoted from the youth. And I get that, but the championship has to be respected. And if you don't respect the championship, it will chew you up and spit you out. And when I say that we know Francis and Sermon are not starters, but it's a 46-game season plus cup games, those they will play many matches in the championship and they will help us. And that's what I can't understand. Those players that are going to return to training tomorrow are going to be confused. You know, why is Eddie gone? Why is those two pros that probably a lot of the young players looked up to in our squad? I don't see who's going to gather them in the, in the training changing room tomorrow. Who's going to go, come on, we, we're going to have a good season. We're going to get through this. And as I said, what players are going to be looking at us going, well, Eddie's gone. Francis and Thurman are gone. They're selling Rambo one of the best goalkeepers in the Premier League. Who do you, who, who do I, I'd love people to tell me who, who, who would sign for us right now. And apart from we've got a lovely beach. Uh, but, um, but like Ashley on the chat just said on Periscope watching on Twitter. Hi, Ashley. Hope you're doing well. If letting Sermon and Frano keeps Lerma, what, you know, what would your equation be then? Would you say, yeah, he's probably right. 
as long as Lerma doesn't get missed 10 games through suspension, um, I, I see where he's coming from. But we've got to look at the squad. The championship, you require a squad and they were going to be squad players. Now, with them two going out, we were thin on, we were way for thin with defenders last season. Yeah. Now we've just let two go. We've let Ake and Francis go. So uh, if they've got a plan that we're going to be bringing in four or five players and, and bringing some up from the development squad, fair enough. But I, I can't see that at the moment unless anyone else can. Well, uh, Kurt, Kurt, what will make you happy? <laughs> <laughs> well, I. I, I I don't want to go back to it because I feel like I've moved on from it. But obviously, when I was going on about bringing in a fresh face, it wasn't to upset the apple cart and clear everyone out. That was not what I was saying. I just felt we needed a, a, a bit of an outside influence. And that was probably the only negative I'd put to Eddie Howe in his tenure is that he didn't have enough outside influences to give him a different outlook. OK, so I was looking for maybe a, a couple of fresh faces to come in with the current backroom staff that we had. Now we're stuck with JT. I'm now almost like, well, let's have a little bit of stability. Let's keep Frano for a season, Sermon. I even said I'd bring back Pew. Pew is a free transfer. You're not talking, a, a lot's come up in the last few weeks about money. So if we're worried about money, surely Pew's a no-brainer. Well, I suppose Rambo going was almost inevitable, really. I think the writing was on the wall a long time ago with that. Um yeah, this is a bit of a shock. I think probably most of us thought they could do a good job for us, Frano and uh, Sermon in the championship. But unfortunately, for whatever reason, uh, they're not going to be with us next year. I'd just like to say it's really sad with all the players going that we haven't been able to sort of be at games and sort of give them a proper send off. But that's just the way it is at the moment. Mm. I think possibly this is JT trying to exerts a bit of, of being his own man in the situation because obviously Frano and Sermon probably quite loud voices in the dressing room probably be quite influential and maybe this is JT trying to break from the past break from the Eddie days and just making everybody know that he's his own man this is how the club's going to be in the future going forward um it's also obviously very negative news that we're getting at the moment. This is only half of the picture. We've still got to wait and see what's going to happen in terms of players coming in. So I don't think we should all jump to conclusions to get too despondent at the moment. But, um, yeah, it, it's not great. But uh, it will, hopefully things will pan out in, out in the next week or two, particularly once the players are back. Do you think, uh, Phil, that we're getting a bit sentimental and maybe, you know, forgetting the fact that, well, I mean, you said it yourself on, on chat that six months ago, we weren't of the opinion that we seem to be now all of a sudden. Leadership wise, you've been in a malaise for the last 18 months on the pitch. Um, Frano hasn't been playing. Um, Cook, is he a captain or not? He's the most senior player there, probably not a captain. Um, he's left us with three now. We've got Cook. Um, Gosling and Daniels will probably stay the fact that he hasn't been released on there. So you've got three more senior players in there. Frano's legs are gone. He's mm. probably a League One at best player, unfortunately, now. It was pretty evident almost a year ago. And he's been living on sentiment for a year, cracking right wing back, right winger, right back, whatever you want to say in his time. But it had gone. And I don't think JT is being sentimental about it. I think he's there's some link back to Burnley 
when they went to Burnley. They had people like Jensen, their older players who had ruled the roost, just come down from the Premier League, had a lot of influence in the club. That was the undoing for Eddie and Jason at Burnley. Yes, they weren't given the financial backing that they were promised, but they couldn't deal with the senior players. I happen to think that Molesley was lined up as the assistant manager. He got a better offer. That's why there's a gap there at the moment on that. Um, I love Reese's optimism, but unfortunately, Fletch is a cheerleader. He's not a coach in any way <laughs> whatsoever at the club. And he should be no, yeah, love him. Should be nowhere near a coaching position <laughs> in the, in the yeah. club whatsoever. Um, there's a lot going on. We can't, yeah, we can't afford sentiment. We we have to balance up the trimming of the budgets because that's a financial fact on that. Yeah. Um, but and we can't have people who cannot hold their own in the championship. The championship is a tough league, and it's a pacey league. Frano yeah. would be killed in the championship. Lovely guy, I'm sure. Yeah, great leadership yeah. off the pitch. He hasn't been on the pitch to do any leadership. We've had a leadership void for 18 months on that pitch. But, mm. And we, he, then hopefully something's coming in to try and correct that. That's been our problem. There's Rambo, vocal, not a leader. Boric, vocal, not a leader. There's a difference between vo being vocal and being a leader. Well, I, th I think it was um, to be expected, wasn't it? I, I, I know we. one thing I was thinking about as I was just waiting... To, to come on is that we've never been in this situation before where we've had to make such um, a huge adjustment to our squad. Uh, we've never had this sort of reduction in our income. And um, I, I would just th think about the players like Offerball, like Kilkenny, who are now going to come in, uh, hopefully, and we'll get their opportunity because they couldn't get their opportunity in the Prem. Uh, and if we were in trouble and we had to, we, we were short of players and we had to bring Sermon or uh, Frano in, okay, they could do a job, but it's not ideal, I don't think, to have players who, when they did play, people were saying, well, for example, what's Lewis Cook going to do to get a game hmm. when Sermon's coming in to play in, in his place? So with all this doom and gloom that we're hearing, I don't think it's quite as bad as it seems. You know, we've... We've got to set off on the journey uh, of next season at some point. Um, and if that's with a, 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 fre a freshened up squad, even if it means bringing in some of the, the, the junior players to replace the senior players, um, and if, uh, if JT thinks he can train them on, then as far as I'm concerned, then it's, 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 it's got to be the way, we, the way to go because we've got to cut our costs. Yeah, it's a tough one, really. Um, I've listened to majority tonight and uh, there's been some good views, actually, some good chat. And uh, yeah, it's just sentimentally, I just find it so difficult. But um, it's it's an interesting one. I feel like we would have had, if we had extended their contract, I think there would have been a group of fans that would have said, you know, really, can we move on from this kind of thing? And we've let, we've let them go. And now we're talking about, oh, well, they could have done a job. I think it was always going to be a little bit mixed. And I probably would have appreciated both sides. Um, do I think they could have done a job? Yes. Do I think we've lost really, really key players going to next season? Probably not. I think it's more behind the scenes. I can't act like I know. But I would have thought there would be quite big characters in the dressing room, um, Frano and Sermon. And I wonder if JT's kind of saying, this is my team now. Um, and I want to have my voice heard. And this is that new direction or whatever you want to call it. But... 
yeah, this is me turn, you know, I'm going to not get rid of the old guys. I think, you know, JT's been part of it at the end of the day. But I think he's kind of saying, look, we're going to go a different way now. And and yeah, or, but you don't know whether he maybe had a word with them and said, look, you're not really in my plans. You can stick around if you want, but you ain't going to play much football. And they've potentially said, well, I kind of feel like at my age, I could do with playing a bit more. We don't really know the ins and outs. Um, it's just sad. I mean, to go from... You know, forget about relegation to lose Eddie, then to lose Ake, then to lose Ramsdale, potentially, then Boric, then it's just like, oh, I can't. We need some good news. Have me yeah. and Tom switched over, by the way? <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. If you were to ask me what I would have wanted to do, I would have kept them both. Um, but I'm thinking in my head, is that that's definitely not 100% footballing-wise. It's also that sentimental side of it. But equally, like I say, do I think they could have done a job at this level? Definitely. I think they're, they're both good enough players. But um, should we be able to cope without them? Probably. I think it's interesting a few people said tonight. It's still that unknown, isn't it? I feel like it might have been you that said it, Kirk. can't remember. But um, talking about potentially if Eddie was here, we would have said, OK, well, I, I back him to go and, you know, fill them holes that we've left. We don't know with JT. We just don't know. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what his plans are, whether he's going to bring up some younger players, whether he's got his eye on players in the market and kind of the people above him have given him the go ahead to go and get these players. We just don't know. What I will say is at the back, particularly, and in central midfield, the two positions that we've lost, at the moment, we're quite strong there. You know, we do yeah. believe that a few players will go, but um, at the moment, we're we're pretty good there. So, um, we'll see. But it's just, yeah, I just want some good news. I mean, mm. the Richie link's quite nice because, you know, you just think, oh, it would be quite nice if you come back. And I do think that is a... I, I cannot... There's no part of me that thinks... I've heard that... Callum Wilson and Newcastle with 20 million plus Gale and plus Richie. That's ludicrous. Surely we ain't going to get that. That would be mental. I mean, I never, I didn't even think about a fee. I mean, if you get, them, I mean, in the championship, Dwight Gale, not a lot in it between him and Wilson, in my opinion. Um, and getting Richie and money, that would be crazy. I, I, I'm not sure how much I believe that. Do you know what? I, I, think, I can't I think... wait to see Richie back here. Oh, I hope so. I think Paul said as well, Paul sent me something earlier on Twitter that said that Callum Wilson's uh, salary has been halved. So, because uh, I, I, I was seeing it saying earlier on Twitter that I, I can't see there'd be many takers for Wilson, to be honest with you. I mean, I think the likes of West Ham and Newcastle will take a punt on him, but I thought his salary would be the stumbling block. Um, yeah. But Paul seems to think that that would be about 50 grand now. So, okay. so may, maybe, maybe it can can go through. But um, Well, if I think was... I was saying to Sam the other day that um, with Callum, obviously only a couple of seasons ago, talking about Chelsea and teams like that. Yeah. And now I'm looking at it going, yeah, he probably, you know, he's been in the English squad, probably thinks he's too good for the championship. But then I'm thinking, is there many clubs that would go for Callum? Well, I think there's better strikers out there now, whereas a few seasons ago, looking at, for example, Danny Ings just being the top goal scorer in the Premier League, one of the top goal scorers in the Premier League. A couple of seasons ago, no one would have took Danny Ings over Callum Wilson. Do you know what I mean? And that's how quickly football yeah. changed. And now I'm thinking Villa, Newcastle, maybe. But yeah, it's still a pump for them. So yeah, it'd be interesting what happens with Callum. I think, I think King and Lerma will, will probably be two more that go. It just feels like players are going all the time and there's no real murmurings with incomings, but that'll come. We're, there's no way he's not going to bring anyone in. So it's been a really busy time. I mean, we've been trying to keep people abreast of what's been going on at the Vitality Stadium. If you'd like to buy us a coffee to help support our work, then you can go to afcbpodcast.com slash coffee. Myself and Jeff pay out for podcast hosting and also for StreamYard as well. Plus, we're looking to get some new equipment and a new camera 
ahead of the first season in, in a while in the EFL Championship. We're looking to vlog the matches if and when we can go, but we're also trying to up the quality and get some more Cherries fans' feedback on the fly whenever we can. If you can support us, it would be really appreciated. Just go to afcbpodcast.com forward slash coffee. Hi, this is Steve Percy. You're listening to Back of the Net. Yep, so if you want to watch any of the material that you've been listening to, go to our YouTube channel, just search Back of the Net AFC Bournemouth or just go to youtube.com slash AFCB podcast. We're also now live streaming our shows on Periscope via Twitter as well, so don't forget to follow us. And also, of course, our Facebook page, you can give it a like. And once again, it's just a case of typing in AFCB podcast into Facebook. I think it's going to be a busy week. The players are back in training. The club put some photos out of all the players that were out there. There were some notable absentees, but hopefully they will be back very soon. How long they'll be in the Cherries training shirts, we don't really know. But, as I say, follow us on Twitter and uh, we'll try to keep you in touch with everything that's going on. We'll be back next week, though, and no doubt there'll be another story to tell. Anyway... For now, have a good week. You've been listening to Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. Aitan has Elliot moving on ahead, but everything's out to the right. There's nothing in the middle, although Purchase is battling to get there. And has Purchase! Goal! Could that be the goal that lifts Bournemouth into the second division? It came from a punch out from the goalkeeper. They broke from one end to the other. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.